You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com. And streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Boardwalk Empire After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Boardwalk Empire After Show. Hello, Bing is for doing, and we are doing AfterBuzz TV Boardwalk Empire, Season 3, Episode 10, entitled... A man, a plan. I'm Kevin Undergaro. I'm without my dear Ebony. I'm without my dear Bethany. Bethany is once again doing Homeland because she is once again featured on this week's episode. But I'm here again with my Margaret. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, I'm not as strong as she is. The, the hysterical side of Margaret that we saw tonight, that was me. What did we know? We were watching something tonight, and they said, "This is it's like you and I." What was? Oh, oh, her and the doctor. It was her and the doctor. Oh, yeah, kind of. Introduce yourself. Kevin's uh, providing me with birth control. Hi, I'm Kristen Carney, (laughs) (laughs) and I just want to say happy birthday to Kevin Undergaro because it's his birthday today. My birthday today. Yeah. And my God, great present to be able to watch this show. Yeah. I this episode. I mean, granted. I'm excited for, I always love when our little villains that pop up season to season in these dramas get vanquished. I love those the best. Like, I I love when um, the last episode of, I think, season four of Breaking Bad, I loved where he took out uh, Gus Fring. And, And so I love those. But at the same time, this was an amazing episode. I I. I wasn't the least bit bored with anything. Once again, just so rich in story, rich in character. And, you know, we, we've... We, thank God we have some fans that appreciate the symbolism, but it was wrought with symbolism. Right. Um, and, you know, before I get into it, I, I just have to say, like, in, I'll go home tonight and I'll watch Homeland and I'll watch Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I love the great shows. And I'm not saying that this show is better, but... I'm down on the fact that it's not getting the numbers that those shows are getting. It surprises me. It really does. Because I think I, I, I like Homeland. I don't watch it all the time. I've seen bits and pieces. It seems like a really great show. I don't really watch Walking Dead. Those two don't seem as... I shouldn't say Homeland. I think The Walking Dead. I like things that seem somewhat realistic or represent things mm-hmm. that might have happened. The Walking Dead could maybe happen in Los Angeles. Maybe that could be a place. But I don't really connect with shows like that. I like to watch something that resonates and has a little historical value. So I am surprised, too, that this doesn't get the numbers. Well, that might be... But that point, unfortunately, is that's... Because you're in... Like you said, you're into something historical or biopic, which I'm a geek. I love that. Um, the reason I'm down... I'm not... I'm confused 
is because of the quality of the acting, the quality of how it's shot, the amount of stars and characters, the richness, the costume design. Well, I think that's actually the answer. I think the amount of characters, I think it, I think people people like to watch things that are done well, but I don't think everyone wants to watch something that takes a lot of energy to watch. And I do think Boardwalk takes a lot of energy to be involved. Mm-hmm. You have to know what's going on. If you miss an episode or if you missed a season, this isn't something that you it's can so jump into. It's so disappointing. You know, you're probably right. And I know with my girlfriend, I you know, always go home and go, you missed the boat. <laughs> right. you, you know, you, yeah. you were impatient that first episode. Uh, you know, a, lot, a lot of people didn't love the way Scorsese directed it. thought it was just a little too glamorous over the top. But anyone who hung on and let Tim Van Patten take the reins and, and everything else, uh, it, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I'm sorry for my girlfriend because I'm like, you're missing out. Yeah, yeah. And it's a big commitment to go back and watch two oh, seasons now, yeah, to catch yeah. up, you know. I did that with Breaking Bad. I started watching season four and had to watch season one, too. You know, it was a and lot you, to juggle. And you made it. Yeah, and I, it was worth it, right. you know. I did it with Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. I finally got into it. And I, and I love it. I love Sons. Right. Um, but this is just... I don't know. It's just if you're a, you want to take someone by the collar and shake them and be like, watch the show. Yeah, because Are if you you're, if you're a fan, like you know, how many people say Godfather is the best film ever ever made? You know, it's always in. It's always the best film, if not top five or top ten. Right. I actually the modern day version is Goodfellas. I really love Goodfellas too, because it fires on all cylinders. You've got the costumes, you've got the music, you've got the great acting, right? You've got the great characters. You have so much going on. It's so rich. And, you know, we have that on this show. And um, I know the numbers. It, it's get, it wins its Emmys. But, you know, to know that our numbers are like between 2 and 3 million, it, it it's, I don't know, it bums me out. Yeah, I mean, if you compare those numbers to something like, well, like Jersey walking, Shore or something, you're like, come on. Well, that's a whole other thing. I mean, well, of but course, I'm we walking, like Jersey Shore. But, but I'm saying, well, and it's a reality show. But I'm saying, like, comparing it to Walking Dead which is like off the charts, like 15 million, like cra- yeah. setting records. Yeah. Sons of Anarchy, which I think was like 8 million, and Homeland is, is eclipsing us. You know, it's doing... Do you think that there's anything that they could do that they're no. not doing? Because nope. it seems like this is no. pretty much as good as it no. would get. I think it's what you said. Yeah. It just must be too much. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out to the, 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 the creator of the show and, and the people working on it. I... I love it. These are the people that I just would want to hang around. Can I just be around you guys? Right. Can I see who you are and what you do to be able to make a show this well? And not even on set, just in your home life. Like, who are you? <laughs> right, well, just just the layering and the, and the s- symbolism. You know, my, Mike August, you know, thank God for him because he's always touching on this stuff for, for us. Um, and, you know, he... He'll always give me his catches of the week, which we will have later in the show. And uh, Mike, if I know you're listening, so mm-hmm. please give us your Twitter because I think people need to be able to reach out to you directly because yeah. you have such a great got it. handle on this. You do? Yeah, it's at Mike, Mike August. At Mike August. Yeah. Very nice. I think. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll get We'll double check, but I'm pretty sure. I tweeted him a couple times. So So he said for tonight's Amanda Plan, Amanda Plan, a canal is a palindrome for Panama, which represents the booze being transported on the water. We, we You and I still don't quite... <laughs> Wrapping our brain around right it. Right around the palindrome thing. We apologize to our fans. Um, I think if Ebony were here or Bethany, they're <laughs> highly educated right. and cultured. We're more the personalities. Yeah. No, you know, we're a lot no, of fun. Actually, you know what? You're the personality because you're a great comic. Um, I just pay the bills here, so I get to sit here. Right. I'm just a super fan. Um, but anyway, the other thing he said was, Chip said his father was a bricklayer, bricklayer or a mason. The Masonic emblem of the square and compass has a G in the center, 
which, which represents God, also the grand architect of the universe. Mm. And the reason that um, I agree with Mike that it was, it's all designed in that fashion because we are seeing the devil and God this season. You know, Jip clearly, to me, is the devil. Um, and the show, tonight's episode opens with Neptune, the god of sea. Oh, right. Right. And so it all ties in. And, and I know even, um, you know, uh, uh, Richard had a line as Neptune's performing, he's bringing the ice cream cones over and he says something about a sea serpent. So once again, the serpent, Garden of Eden, devil. Um, and the Neptune god goes, it's interesting because he goes right into the water and tries to go after the alcohol yeah, too. Yeah, which was it's like hilarious. he's not above it. No, even God the Neptune isn't above. He's not this. above it. Well, he's no. not the real God. No, right? he's not. So, but that was hilarious. So yeah. even if there is not a subtext to it, hilarious that he's like, oh, what free booze? <laughs> <Right. laughs> I'll take down. that. Um, Who cares about the planets? It's interesting, you know, when you go back to what Mel, what uh, what Melon said about how stupid prohibition was, and and I, every week I I feel it more and more like how dumb we that and then it lasted 12 years right crazy well i mean anything that we do in retrospect always is so silly us humans not everything a lot of things a lot of things a lot of things like pulling me over for a ticket that i didn't deserve okay yeah that's right you know what i mean you look back on it it's like well that was a waste of time but wait were you wrong no, I wasn't. Oh, that's okay. That's different. Well, I was wrong. And, and, okay. I, I mean, I, that's, right, let's, yeah, really, let's forget really, about it. Just, stay with me. <laughs> Tweet me if you I don't have the smart people here to help me. You, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm just, you have to be smart tonight. I'm just uh, okay. jaded. So, so, talking about Richard, it, it's beautiful what is, is going on with him and Mrs. Sigur, Ms. Sigursky. Yeah. Um, I love... They have a nice moment. She seems like she's really starting to talk about being the surrogate mom to the boy. And I'm hoping we don't go the tragic route. I'm hoping that boy and her don't have to get killed. I'm hoping that maybe there could be some happiness for him. Uh, But again, as we talk about these shows are tragic. This is more than likely a tragedy that we're watching. Right. It's always ironic. So maybe he'll live and they go and then he becomes the best best one in Nucky's army. I, I, I hope not. It could become predictable if she gets killed or if she's targeted. Well, because, you know, as you said, everything's very Shakespearean, the tragedy. Mm-hmm. And I like to see that. And I like to see that in the show. But a little relief of it, I think, is needed. And I think that maybe these writers would know that and would, you know, everything in moderation. It was great to see him go at the dad again and I thought he was going to take it from the father because she said don't remember she said she called him out for threatening to kill him yeah I love the fact that maybe I won't kill him but I'm not going to let him disrespect you like that and I loved it and I love that she doesn't get mad at him for it either she could say Richard I thought I told you not to do that or I told you to stop but she accepts it and we noticed that um the father wasn't apologizing when he said no apologize to her and, and he, he, he didn't so hey, that's why I asked you when we were screening it is right. that because he was about to pass out or is he that stubborn I think he's that stubborn because he only had said I'm sorry about a split second before that to Richard you know to Richard he's like I'm sorry and he's like no to her so I think 
he had enough in just, him to be able to say it, but he just chose not to, to. Wow, couldn't bring himself to do it. And I, didn't you love Richard taking off the mask? Oh, God. Saying, okay, yeah. this is what you want. You want the monster? Here you he know? is. So, you know, Richard, again, half the face is normal, half is the, is disfigured. And that to me, there's that monster inside him. Mm-hmm. Just needs to be, he needs, just needs to take off the mask and there it is. And then there it is. But she, he, um, she didn't, like I said, she didn't get mad, but she tapped Richard on the shoulder in a gentle, warm way when he was holding down the father after he wouldn't apologize, after he didn't apologize. And it was almost like, hey, Richard, it's okay. She tapped him on the shoulder. You know, he's not going to apologize to me and I get it, but thank you for your effort. And he walked out and she followed him. And she followed him and didn't stay with the father. And she, and then poor Richard talks about a Jenny Hastings who was he they rode horses together and of course between the pony last week and it's been that resonating theme of horses and 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 catches of the week mike august goes into a little more depth about why we're seeing or hearing so much about uh horses so i'm excited to share that with you later but jenny marries his typical richard fashion marries his first cousin right and he's alone of course and but she has the same luck and i think that's where they unite they come together because she said you know who I was dating I didn't get his name but he ended up marrying this girl and they had three more kids and she didn't give any reason why he didn't marry her it was probably what I'm guessing is her father the guy didn't want to deal with her father just didn't deal with that knucklehead right they kiss which was beautiful and we end with them lying next to each other on the beach they're the only ones who kind of have a a nice episode (laughs) yeah and it was very brief very brief Nice. Yeah. And I like that. I mean, she didn't seem hesitant because the mask was there. You know, she. Oh, no. She just went for it. She didn't kind of make it awkward. Should I move it? You know, she just kissed what was there, which was Richard. What I like about it, too, is that. And and again, you know, this might just be my opinion, but it seems like between guys and girls, girls are much more. They've really fallen in love with a guy's heart more or his mind more than they do the looks where a guy, oh, of course. guy we're yeah. just such idiots oh, yeah. so I buy the <laughs> yeah. fact that she would love him me too I mean yeah. I love him yeah and yeah. I'm I'm very shallow and right. I can do it and you love him <laughs> no it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing and last week we got a great fan letter from uh, Michelle in New York and she was just mentioned how she her emotion- heart melted yes right over uh, the dance last week and mm-hmm. we started crying yeah and, which we didn't bring up in the show but we did it was so touching and so beautiful and so we we love richard we root for him and you said you finally checked him out yeah Houston i just was without the makeup right i mean the prosthetic right makeup. just as a and he's a beautiful guy. looking guy very handsome i really couldn't find richard in him very much um, he did, in one interview, he did a quick voice, Richard voice, to just show how he kind of chose to come up with he that transformed sound. transformed with that voice. Yeah. And just instantly transformed. The minute he stopped talking, he was back to Jack Houston. It's, it's so really great impressive. He's going to have a fantastic career because yeah. he, 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 like I was watching Dexter today, and it's going to be tough to buy him, if he doesn't change his appearance, it's going to be very tough to buy him as the lead doing something else. Same with the guy from Homeland, I feel like. But... With Richard, it's nice because, you know, he's going to shave that mustache, going to cut his hair, and uh, fine. Yeah. Totally you know, off and running. Okay. Whew. Uh, well, before we go on to our next thing, we're going to have to cover a lot tonight, so it's going to be a long show. So everyone bear with us. By the way, Marissa, how are we um, 
on time for someone coming to studio after us. You're we, excellent. You can, can go, go as a little long over. as you Very want. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so please, you guys have been great going to iTunes, giving us your great comments and your feedback. We ask that you keep going there and keep rating us and commenting and asking questions. I know it's this a good birthday a, gift. It's a wonderful birthday Five gift. Five stars. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. Well, it's always Happy nice. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> it's always nice. Who is that, Marissa? You just found it? It's Paris Hilton. Oh, good. Well, that's nice. <laughs> She's in studio. To get the five stars means a lot, yes, but we also do love the comments, and a, a lot of your comments have helped. I know there's been a lot of, you guys have been down on our audio here in Studio B. We've been working on it. Last week sounded better. Mm -hmm. You said my mic was a little hot, so I know Marissa, you've been tweaking it, but again, this is because of you guys, and we appreciate it, so if you could please continue to go to iTunes and comment if you like to watch us on video, and I always say, you know, Audio or video, we're fine. But, you know, you get to see the girls, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. So you get to see what we look like. And if you want to comment there as well, we appreciate that as well. So let's talk about Mr. Gaston Means, Harry Doherty, Jess Smith. Wow, Gaston Means. I didn't realize he was so clever. I didn't know he was that totally smart shady. to be clever. Yeah. Totally. Now, Mike August had pointed this out weeks before, and I had done the same research after he did, but notorious weasel of weasels like we talk about Doyle being a weasel but this guy is it's one thing if you're a weasel without a brain it's another thing if you're a weasel with a brain weasel with a brain and, and no feelings like I think exactly. that I think that what's his name has feelings Doyle he's just he's a he's a weasel but he has feelings this guy is a sociopath total sociopath he when he killed uh, or when he after uh, Smith committed suicide he just gave him a look like meh Hmm. And walked out okay, of the room. Yeah, job done. Yep. He gets Thanks, his forty actually. grand. Yeah, made it easier for me. Gets his forty off Harry. Then he gets forty. Off. I mean, this is a guy. It just by the fact that he's getting forty thousand off Nucky and forty thousand off Harry Doherty, he's playing everybody. Yeah. And and I think that from what we understand, and I hope it's not a spoiler, but he does that throughout history. And I don't think he pays. But I knew Jeff Smith. He lives until about thir 1938. Yeah. So we won't see his demise. Right. But with. With oh maybe not I don't know how far they're going to take the show, but we do end up seeing. Uh, we did know that Jeff Smith was going to kill himself. I, I didn't want to say all these weeks, <laughs> but I, I knew, even from history, I knew. Yeah. Before the show, and that's finally happened. So it'll be interesting to see. I Harry will still I feel like will still be brought up on charges or he'll be out of there in scandal. But that makes things a lot better having Jeff Smith out. But Harry. And Nucky communicate a little bit, don't they? They could find out that they both paid the forty thousand, and then something, you know, maybe, maybe the tables could turn on on means a little bit. Maybe if they work together, but right now they're enemies. Right, right. So I don't know. And then I think that's the lowest on Nucky's to do list is worry about that. Right now, right now, oh, right. absolutely, effingly. Right. <laughs> but what may we one of his sa saving graces throughout the show may be his contacts to Washington. It yeah. may be what this this relationship with Mellon and his future relationships in Hollywood might be what allows him to trump the Capones yeah. and, and everyone else. It really seems kind of like his only hand. It's his yeah, and well yeah as we've said, we know in history Nucky does live. We I don't believe, no matter what the filmmakers say, where they say they'll they're not afraid to jump off history book. I do not believe that they're going to kill Bouchermi. I do no. not believe they're going to kill Lucky. I think they're going to stick to the plan with history. So ultimately, he's the one to bet on in the long run. Um, but again, it's those 
kind of legitimate contacts, even though they're shady too. They're much more legitimate than, say, like Capone and, and those people. Um, speaking of Capone, poor Vin Alden. The guy can never win. Never. Never can win. You know, he has no idea. He really doesn't understand the world that he's stepping into with this making booze at home. I think he's so uh, in over his head that that's why when he was confronted by Capone that he just started rehearse- or, uh, reciting the Bible. He's just, I think this is too much for him. And and to him, everything's so black and white. So it's like, I pursued evil and, and <laughs> this is, you know. Right. Uh, well, I cannot believe how bad I feel for him and I'm rooting for him. Oh, of course. I, I'm Like, I didn't like him being manhandled by, the, by Capone's guys. No. No, and the thing is, Capone, Capone's guys don't know what, what a psychopath he actually is. Thank you. So look out, guys. You know, he could really come back and either make your life or make a moment of your life living hell or team up with you and you can use him to your advantage because they really don't know to the extent who this man is. No idea. They have no clue yet. And, and what I feel like, because O'Banion was so, other than the night he helped him. Just cold. And, and, and more, than, I think, yeah, cold and arrogant and sarcastic. Dismissive. And just not, yeah, not like warm in the way Nucky is warm. Like, he, right. he makes you feel like you're a part of the team. Well, like, you could almost see a warmth from Capone, in a sense. Yes. Even though he has a fork in no, his face. You know what? You know? No. I'm glad that they're showing us glimpses of that with Capone. Right. Because, as I always say, most of these guys, few of them can just be mean bastards. Without a heart. And get everything. They have to have some warmth to them, charisma. And that doesn't come from being, like, just nasty and mean and vicious. Right. It comes from being charming. It's it's oh, you're my neighbor and uh I don't know, somebody impregnated your daughter and now we're we're gonna go take care of that guy for you, you know, because you're our neighbor. Or someone's picking on you at school. Really? Not you're my friend. I'm not gonna allow that. And that's how I, I, I said, you know, before last episode, that's how Gaudi rose to power but Capone was known for that too buying stuff for the neighborhood and giving uh, opening soup kitchens you have to be medical relief but he did all that stuff yeah you have to be like a king of the people exactly the people's king right you have to be what you see Jip doesn't have but that's also an Italian trait too as as I'm sure you've mentioned it is but there's no but there's some ones that are just cold and mean and it's all about the buck but the you have to have that layering to you I think any smart smart mafia man would know that right like jip isn't smart enough to know no. that he has to have that side to him in order to really have right. a long jet long and then sometimes i think it's a smart but sometimes it's also just an it factor you either have that or you don't exactly that that it's like that charming thing. sales side to you and then you know when you have to kick ass we see it in nucky we see it in capone and and i was even seeing glimpses of it when he pushed the food across exactly nice symbolic gesture and a great director because a great show don't tell it's like okay i will be vicious with you but you know what if you help me guess what i'll let you eat and he also could have you know if he really wanted to be vicious or he could have thrown the fork at at you know you go ahead and eat it but he handed it to him handed it to him just you know really gently right at the bottom here and from my own plate exactly we're together we're the same i'm not going to disrespect you like that other guy does and if they get on the same page, my God, what a surprise Al's going to have because think of that guy. And and remember the deal with O'Banion. O'Banion isn't giving him any money. You're going to work off the debt. 
Al will give him some money. Right. He'll say, you know what, go go sell liquor for me. I'll take care of you. Yeah, Van Alden won't have any, uh, what's the word, um, solidarity toward O'Banion anymore. No, no. I mean, again, we're getting into That's predictions, right but we I feel like we know where, I think, it's going in the direction yeah. that Capone, that he'll work for Capone. And I think Capone's smart enough to want to utilize someone like that. When Whereas gets, O'Banion is still going to bully him around and push him away. Doesn't care, yeah. Give me whatever I can get. And Well, and, and when, like you said, when they find out... Like how tough he is, how smart he is, how fearless he is, how he... How maniacal in a sense. And how much he knows the inner workings of the law. Exactly. So good stuff. Um, Moving over to Rothstein Meyer. Lucky. Um, And... um, Masseria. Masseria. Very interesting. We see Rothstein uh, is not having it. And great, great life lessons. You know... Um, there was a study that came out a few years ago about how The Godfather is actually a movie that many businessmen use to edify them on business. That doesn't surprise me. And as I watch some of these shows that are well-written, I'm like, how can... I mean, you wonder if these writers are such good businessmen themselves to be able to write like this why stuff. Why would they be writers if they, you know, if they were that good of business? They're how, not. But, how did they come up with these lines, though? You're not. But, when you're a creative writer, it doesn't seem like you are that business-minded, but they are. But you can learn from, like, Rothstein, what he said. A, a deal. Like, you see a guy like that who's so successful, at least at this point. A deal will always wait. A fool will rush in. By the way. You're looking at a fool hosting <laughs> the show. I rush into everything. Like, oh, what? You want to do an online network? Yeah. Okay. What do we have to do? 50 shows a week? No problem. <laughs> Done. Right. But, but I love how a deal will always wait. And that really sticks with me. And I think he's, he's right. And he gave the right advice. Don't be putting a stick in a cage. Sit back. Let these animals kill themselves. Nucky's either going to kill Masaria. Masaria's going to kill Nucky. Sit back. And then we'll move in. It's very similar to Skyfall, which I saw this week, but um, where they talk about at the end how the rats eat each other. You know, you mm-hmm. let the... Yeah. You kill off all the rats, and then what are they going to... Or you, you kill off their food. What are they going to eat? They're going to eat each other. Right. And that's really similar to this situation. So he's smart enough to step back, let them eat each other. And the analogy about the, the pot shot and pool yeah. was genius. It's like, okay, but if I miss, it's okay that I miss because I've put my opponent in such a bad position. Right. I've set him up to fail. Um, he's just genius. That was genius. And then he also, psychologically, he called um, Luciano and uh, Meyer, he called them boys right at the end. He said, thanks, you know, thanks for the offer, boys, or whatever it boys. was. Boys. Puppet he, babies. Right. He put them back kind of in their place. I am not a boy. I know what I'm talking about. And if I remind them that they are boys, it might not take their plan so seriously, you know. And I love the parallel between the different languages. So, so Meyer, to get on Rothstein's good side, is speaking Yiddish. Yeah. And Rothstein calls him out for it. Yeah. And then conversely, when Lucky and Meyer go and have their meeting with Masseria, they're speaking Italian. Of course, Masseria's not having the deal, but I love how Lucky said, no, speak English and respect my friend. And of course, Masseria is all Jew this and Jew that. They have, they have sex through a sheet, you know, and all right. the you know, craziness. And we know from history that Masseria is 
all about the Sicilian heritage and old school mafia way of life politics. So we know he's going to be, he, like he said, I don't trust you to, to, to Meyer. Right. And then Meyer also, you can see as a junior businessman is very smart, says that will come in time. Let's just work together. Let's prove it. And to gain that trust, sadly, they offer information up on Nucky, which we'll talk about later that it's going to come and, and pay off. Yeah, um, that's a betrayal. That surprised me. It's a betrayal. And interesting waters that they're getting into. Yeah. To work with Masseria. Yeah. But Ma- when Masseria accepted it, it almost made me not respect him as much because he was willing oh I don't respect him at all well of course not I think he, no but <laughs> no 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 I know what you're saying um, but it's like, I, what oh, I mean is to... I don't respect him as a businessman he seems like a brute he's old fashioned he's not progressive in his thinking right he didn't want to become partners with them to he's learn racist. to work with the Jews he wanted to know about Nucky right you know it's just it was I wish he had taken that deal on a more of a not that the term noble can really be used often in the show, but I'm in more of a noble no. way of I want to get into this no, business. Or even, I like or you even guys. it's a, it's a good deal and it works for me. And if you screw me over, I will kill you. So, just, you know, but it's a, so let's take baby steps. Right. But no. And this is the guy that that um, that should have killed Jip. It will now be his undoing for not doing that. It will be as un- Jip Rossetti will be his undoing at some point. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I don't respect him as a businessman. And he's not a very good bocce ball player either. No, he's not. He's not very good at that. <laughs> By the way, um, just, you know, used to be fun in the north end of Boston. They still all were playing their bocce oh, ball. Oh, yeah, yeah. Loving it. Yeah. And drinking their and wine. A, b- a band that I liked that was from Boston always was playing bocce ball outside of their tour bus. But they were from Boston, the band. Ah, uh, so were they... I've played bocce ball. Really? Yeah. Bocce well, balls. Well, yeah. my last name is Italian. I have an Italian family. Yeah. Filipino, Marissa. Yeah. But, but a, a Filipino-Italian, I love it. Yeah. So wait, so you played? Were you any good? Yeah, it's pretty decent. You're a good athlete, though. That's <laughs> Marissa's a good athlete. Uh, okay, so, oh, you know what? So moving, we're going to move on to, of course, the crazy part of this episode, which is which is Jip and, and, and the whole world of Nucky. But I wanted to give uh, a shout-out about Afterblog. You know, as we, we've talked about, we do something now on the website, called Afterblog, where we have some select writers provide blogs for these shows that just go a little bit more in-depth with their with what we're doing. They have a little more time to prepare. In, in our case, Jason Scamara is a lot smarter, <laughs> and he's a great writer. And I just I, I can't ask you enough to please go, if you're a super fan of the show, as we are, and you want more, even more insight, check out our after blog afterbuzztv.com backslash after blog or if you go to our site there's a button there you click on after blog and you'll see all the blogs I know we do them for Walking Dead we do them for Homeland but in particular I want to mention our Boardwalk Empire because I get a lot out of it and uh, I have a couple of letters from fans who actually gave shout outs as well so um, this is actually from Mike August Hey Kev, I, I praise afterblogist Jason Squamana for the following observation in his afterblog for the pony. He called it right on the money when he wrote, quote, Nucky broken amongst the splinters of his kingdom with that last glimpse of Billy tattooed on the inside of his eyelids and at the forefront of his gangster brain forever. End quote. We saw that come to fruition last week. 
Uh, oh, and this is nice. I'm going to, uh, this is kind of like self-serving, but I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, Mike says, I want to thank you for making me a smarter writer. I don't say screenwriter because that's a title that must be earned. I love his humility. Yeah. My God, you're amazing, Mike. Studying the episodes every week for Breaking Bad and Boardwalk have made me more in tune with the art, especially in truly understanding character. Listening to the podcast is very much like taking a class with you being an excellent teacher. I want you to know I appreciate that. Plus, you and Maria are two of the nicest people I know, and I'm honored to be your friend. He's just great. Wow. I love him. Him and uh, Steve, St- I don't want to say Steve's last name because he likes to be private, but Steve the Steamer are just have become really great friends of ours through social media, and they're both like just brilliant at how they break this stuff down. Yeah. And Thank God for social media. We feel the same way. Well, I think there's some Sometimes of the positive things. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, he's like, as for Boardwalk, and he's going to have more catches of the week for us later. As as for Boardwalk, I'm thinking it would be amusing if Teddy is the one who ends up killing the gypsy man. I think Jip will come to Nucky's home as he believes in things being personal. And they've been building up Teddy as having the devil in him and referencing Jip several times. Would be ironic for Jip to be taken out by a child. Going by the general's hat, perhaps the Ritz-Carlton will be Jip's Waterloo. Because he did look like Napoleon with that hat, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just a, an, you know, an American-looking right, right. hat. He looked... Um, okay, going back to after blog... Another fan wrote in, Dear Jason Squamata, or Dear Jason, given that Boardwalk Empire follows history the way it does, I would like to make a couple of observations and predictions based in conjunction with your after blog. Agent Nelson Van Alden. He will become a large-scale bootlegger in his own right. In Ken Burns' miniseries Prohibition, he brings up Olmsted Roy. Roy was one of the biggest bootleggers in the Northwest. He started out as a police officer and a bootlegger on the side, but after he lost his job, when caught and arrested, he turned to booze full-time. And with his fleet of vessels, warehouses, accountants, lawyers, messengers, etc., he became the largest employer in Puget Sound. And there's additional information at historylink.org. Pretty interesting, cool. right? Yeah. Could totally go that way. Oh, he's yeah. got the right wife behind him. He's very extreme. He's methodical. Mm-hmm. Could totally go that way. Scary, when a little intimidating. Sc- yeah, could totally go that way. Uh, as for Esther Randolph, I think she's modeled after Mabel Walker Willebrand. I remember hearing about her on Fresh Air. Popularly known to her contemporaries, contemporaries as the First Lady of Law, she was the second woman to be appointed to Assistant Attorney General and was the highest-ranking woman in the federal government at the time. She was an opponent of prohibition but was a tireless advocate. Among her victories, she brought down George Remus, who operated out of Cincinnati and was the biggest bootlegger in that area. Mm. Pretty cool, right? Very cool. I know you have a lot to watch and report on, but Ken Burns' six-hour Prohibition series really fits well in the Boardwalk Empire. Love the afterbus shows. Love the after blog. Thomas from Pittsburgh. So, Thomas, thank you for shouting out. Thank you, Jason, for, for doing your after blog. Please keep it up. And fans, please check out the after blog. And when you go there, leave Jason your comments, your questions. Uh, I know it loves him. It just gives him more... Like us, more inspiration to keep going, keep doing it. And about the six-hour Prohibition series, I watched that when it first came out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I need to watch that again. I watched some of it. I think we all need to watch it. Yeah. I think Bethany was the one who was championing it for season one. Yeah. And, you know, like I do with a lot of women, I ignored her. <laughs> so anyway, which was stupid. And again, not a smart thing. So, Will, thank you. Please, please go to Afterblog again. And uh, we'll have more catches the week later. Let's talk about Jip. And the fishermen. Oh man! So, by the way, we're seeing water all throughout this this the sea, the water, the ocean, yeah. Neptune. You know um, what happens with waves and how two waves come together and crash. Right. And uh, you know that's just rot, completely wrought with symbolism as well. Anyway, uh, he this poor 
no know it all cousin of one of his lackeys. If only he was there in episode one, he would maybe know. He'd know better. He would know better. We cringed when this guy spoke. Oh. It was it was like that slow motion you want to say, No, no. don't do it. <laughs> don't you could wish you wish you could turn back time for him. No, he just couldn't help it. But if you know, he looked like the guy from episode one. He was small in stature, a little bit a little bit, you know, um, boxy. Mm-hmm. He has on pauper type clothing. He is a guy that maybe knows a little bit about tools, knows nothing about the innards of a mafia, the way no of, idea. the way you talk to one another. And so you really see him from a, you know, right from that first moment he's there. You know what's going to happen. I thought, I thought he was straightened out, and I almost thought for a second he could become useful because he knew the ways of the sea. Yeah. You know what? This is this might sound silly, but there were a couple mentions. There was a couple mentions of cats in this episode. Talk about the catfish. There was a cat um, with Gaston Means. I thought it would been. I thought it would been funny or interesting because the man that Jet first killed in the first episode, he was he had a dog, um, and he took the dog, the man's dog, which is just like the ultimate, Jip. of course, yeah, ultimate way to shit on the guy. Mm-hmm. I thought it would have been funny if. And you may disagree. If this guy had a cat and he takes his cat, I just thought that would have been a little comedic. But comedic, but it might have been too on the nose. Too on the nose, too much for but these guys. I was waiting to see a cat. It's amazing, though. You know, when you when you talk about like how, as a someone who's not as talented as these guys as a writer, how tempted I would be to do stuff like that or yeah. to go overboard with yeah. the symbolism, and they just do just enough. But it's so late and so rich. Right. And that's why I love and to be in the And it's not predictable. It's like you, no. once it happens, you're like, oh, right. But you're not waiting for it. And I would buy that at least half of what Mike August comes up with is right. At least half. Oh, yeah. But that just shows, but Mike's stuff is so in-depth. It just shows how much thought they put into this product. And talent. It's incredible. Right. But with, with, with Jip, I thought the guy was going to get off the hook. I love the idea that the, the cousin says... He's just a know-it-all. And don't we all know that guy? It, it's a, it was like Cliff Clavin on Cheers, the postman. He just kind of knew everything. You know, it always had, And you know those guys. Right. right. They don't have to be successful in business. Well, they don't have to be, co- like, professors. They, you know, you go down to Radio Shack, and you have guys that just know, think they know everything, and they just can't keep their but mouth shut. But that's Jip. Jip thinks he knows everything. And then he goes... I don't think so. I think, I think he's very insecure. Well, he's he hot-headed in the sense. He's like, hot-headed, and I think he's insecure because he doesn't know everything. Right. So this guy's one of those, yeah, well, damn it, he just can't yeah. keep his mouth shut. Yeah. And when he ever said, when Jib says the captain was probably whatever, drunk or whatever he said, and he said, no, I don't Bad think sailor. so. And he goes, no, I don't think so. I'm like, oh, dude, really? Yeah. Then the reveal. Jip's talking everyone down the beach and he talks about his dad being a mason and I have to say in that moment my dad was a mason yeah my dad was dead at 50 yeah. 52 like he was young you know which is why I laugh like someone said here yeah you grew up with privilege like yeah okay right, right. <laughs> it was dad. also similar to Artie Lang's father yeah yeah that's why I relate to Artie a lot when we did the movie with him we had so much in common because yeah. we know like it's really when your fathers are out there grinding and literally Power. break their and break their literally. backs my dad was the one that took all the jobs, nobody... If you had, like, a, I don't know, a foundation or a little patio or whatever, and it was, like, on a on a cliff or on a hill, yeah. and everyone would say, no, my dad would say... And you couldn't get trucks back there. You couldn't get... My dad would say, no, okay. And he'd go back there with a the pick and shovel himself right. or with us, you know, right. with, with, with me and my brother Mike. And uh, it was crazy, you know, and, and that's why the poor guy is dead, right. you know. And so for that moment... It's the guy with the most heart. I empathized with 
Jip. Yeah. I was with him. And Jip's always trying to come out of that. Like my poor world. guy, dead at 50. Right. He would have lived to 100 if he was a fisherman. And I, I, I was with him. Yeah. Until the camera revealed, the shot revealed the sky buried up to his head. So sadistic. And Already, that's why when yes. you say the devil, I can, I can agree. It's not just this, this guy who's mean and mean-spirited. I mean, that's evil. That is mm-hmm. an effed up image. Yep. This man, this whole body, there, he, there's no escaping that. And it's going to be slow. No one would think of that unless you're just sadistic. And the guy was beat up, too. Just, His yeah. face was all bloody. Right. And he's there crying. And, and he's buried. And a family member, nonetheless, which you, I liked, really liked what you said while we were watching. Jip hates his family. Yeah, so I was like, no, you can't. No, <laughs> Don't use that that's as an not going to work. Right. And so this poor guy is, is, is going to drown. Cousin makes the appeal. Please, he's a know-it-all. Please, like he's he's my mother's whatever. You know, it. My, anyway, he says, please, it's family. And as he understands family, he's like, okay, I'll do you solid. And he goes over, and just again another graphic. This show is so graphic. Just smashes that skull. Right. And I, as the minute he picked up a shovel, I obviously knew. You knew. No, we knew before the shovel. You knew. You right. said something. Well, yeah. I said this guy. You know, this. Guy, he, I said he's going to chop off his head. But, um, would, you know, we would never see Jip doing the manual labor. You know, he wouldn't be low enough to go over there. And even if he was going to save him, you know, no. he wouldn't scoop Never. him out on his own. He'd make someone else do it. Never. So it was just like you knew, no way, this guy's, this guy's going to his head's. And as he's pounding away, I'm saying to myself, this mofo's going to get it. Yeah. He's going to get it. Yeah. And I'm going to be so pleased when he does. And it's going to be interesting. I, I can't wait. I've really been enjoying Jip this season because he's so demented. You but love- this was, this turned my stomach. It truly turned my I mean, stomach. I enjoy him because I want a good villain. Of to, course. But to take out. But, uh, but before, I wasn't rooting for Jip to be taken out. I wasn't. I was I really know, enjoying you, him. You, but, but now... You, you also get sucked into looks, too. We'll, well talk I about like, Owen later. It's the Italian thing. He kind of reminds me of my father and my family. But Not in their personalities. I know, but, but if he was... If he were charming, if he was doing the charm, I know, but he's where's the charm? He's charming to me. Yo, redhead, like I kind of see it a little bit when he flirts with girls for the first five minutes, so he can get tied up by them. (laughs) But I don't, I don't see it. I love, but I love him. We need a bad nemesis. It's it's not a charm that he puts on, and I don't think he has that charisma as what we were talking about before with Al Capone and and Gotti and those guys. But his charm, I think, just comes from his uh, demeanor, his energy, the the vibe he puts out. I find it comedically charming. Well, you know what. But now I we enjoy just it. Turn no, and I want him to get worse and worse and worse because you want to build, build him up. So it's I always go back to see how primitive my brain is. I always go to professional wrestling. You want it's called a comeback in wrestling. You right. want to see how you want you want to see Hulk Hogan get beaten, beaten, beaten. Then he hulks up, right? And and right. and he makes scores right, a really, comeback and wins, right? So right makes now it that much better. Yeah, Hulk's getting beat up right now. That's what's going on. We're getting beat up, but I'm excited for the Nucky comeback. So let's speak. Let's go into the world of Nucky. Let's start with Nucky and Chalky. We're both happy to see him back. So we love Chalky. Yeah. And um, Chalky offers a great deal. And Chalky's got some great quotes in there. He says, it'll be black on stage, white in the house. Um, and he says, there's a certain... And Nucky says, no, there's a certain line. Can't cross. And he's like, we need to move that line, which Chalky's right about. So the other observation that I... Just two other observations. Um, one, the fact that he says, chandelabra. 
and he was wrong. You know, obviously he's wrong. Chandelier, obviously. And he corrects him. But you notice his reaction is not like Jip, right? No. Where Jip is completely hot and psychotic. He's like, it means the same thing. Like, I love how he stayed the course because I can't tell you how many times I'm in meetings because I'm the guy that would say chandelabra. Right. And then someone just to take a swipe at you or knock you down a few pegs will harp on the fact you're wrong about that. I'm like, shut up. Does it really make a difference? Like, let's talk what the big picture is. Yeah. So I loved how he, he reacts. And I also enjoy how smart he is because he said, you don't want an ex- that, you don't want that, uh, the remnants of the explosion on the boardwalk. It's not only ugly, it's a reminder of what went on. You need to show order. and ca- So you see he's a really good leader. And both of us were heartbroken when Nucky doesn't take the deal. But I said to you, and I know this is more predictions, but I said, don't worry. From the beginning, I said, he's going to need Chalky to help him against Jip. And when he does... In return, Nucky is going right. to let him open his club. Right, yeah. That's my Ch- prediction. Chalky is in the position with Nucky that he needs leverage in order to move that line. And the situation that Nucky's in that he's not aware of yet is going to be his leverage for him he's to get his... It. Right, right, to do it. And I, and I love Chalky's last line, you ain't the only one thinking. Oh, yeah. Right, which and I love, so much. And I love that, you know, it's spoken in incorrect English doesn't matter but it doesn't right. matter doesn't he's still matter. thinking right doesn't matter right. all you goddamn it doesn't symbolize no like all you know-it-alls like seriously like right. even like the internet is filled with them are you okay yeah i just had a little sniff too much cocaine oh we'll get you some later okay now, you know who's in it's huge on the on the blow total coke core who marissa <gasps> i could tell you can tell by that <laughs> smile all right now i gotta take that back because i don't want to get marissa in trouble <laughs> yeah. with and me i don't this is marissa's a nerd kristen is a coke he meant coca-cola okay okay yeah you love it <laughs> so but but uh Talking about what was the last thing you said? No, I lost uh, my we, were, uh, we were on um, Chalky and, and he the speaking the Eng- um, his language was well. No, not I'm just right saying on. like the internet. Like there are so many people who will attack you for saying things the wrong way. When right. in essence, like okay, stop. Can we just okay? So the grammar was off. You know what I meant? Or you know what the right. person meant? We right. we even get an after buzz. Yeah. Like. You know, some of us, like some of our hosts will work like all week long, slaving, putting their show together and they'll come in and they'll do a great job. But because they say something incorrectly, like I I know there was someone on uh, Sons that said to us that were just like hysterical over the fact that either myself or uh, Chrisley said, I feel as opposed to I think. You don't feel something. You think you think. And like just uh, like a a I, okay, but you know, you right. I know what you mean, right? Right. And I know what Chalky means, right? You you ain't the only one be thinking, and I know what he means by chandelabra. Bottom line, great effing idea to put in this this dance hall, right. and let's move the line, let's move ahead, let's progress. Really smart. Right. So I, I I enjoyed that, and I and I think that it will come back, and he'll get his he'll open his bar. Nucky also, we see him give the orders, and I knew Owen was dead as soon as. Eli wasn't going to go with him. Oh. No, you're going to Chicago, Eli. Yeah. Owen, you're going to go take up Masseria. And, and as soon as I Owen's, knew he was dead. Yeah, and as soon as Owen said, uh, it's, um, it's not an army. It's, you need uh, just one man. And that was kind of his undoing. That line, you knew. Right. You knew. Because you do need an army with these guys. And that was really hot-headed of Owen. And again, I think it's a woman making you not think clearly. Smart. You're right. It's emotions. Right. Because he wanted to accelerate things. To Let's get, get this done. I'll go down there. Boom. I'll Boom. be back. I'll be out of here. Nope. I'll go with Margaret. And then, you know, 
the worst will happen. And when when I knew he was gone, you're like, no, I don't want him to be gone. And I said, you know, I'm okay with his wife. I'm okay with him not being on the show anymore. Um, I know you guys like him because he's cute. I'll get you other cute guys on the <laughs> show, I promise. But I liked Owen last season when he was strong and taking people out. He's done nothing for us. No, I mean, it's not like he's really moving the show forward. No, we got Eli. Eli, we got Eli to protect us, and we'll have Chalky. We don't I need I actually him. said this to Mike August about Eli, but I never see Eli strong enough to be a real muscle. For He's getting there. He was the one that knew what was going on. Don't count him out. He's got Nucky's blood in him. Yeah. And he's the one that is, from the beginning, knew things were going wrong. Yeah. Um, oh, and last season, yeah. This season, not so much. Yeah. But you're right, because of his emotions. And um, I just loved his... his well, the, the um, no... Um, a plan, a man, a canal. You know, you right. you move through a canal. You so now Margaret. It's interesting. Does has, a baby go through a canal? Like, is that all tied? Kind of, maybe. Yeah, yeah, goes through a canal. But but is that tied in? You think? Simple? I think a little bit. And then now he's gone. So you know, there's you know, because you go, you know, there's no man now. There's no plan, and so w- what those, what what a palindrome is is something that goes back. You know, it's the same going back and forth. You know, when you, it's the same from the beginning as it is to the end, you know, vice versa, basically, you know, it's not that now for Margaret. It's no, it's no longer a palindrome, a man, a plan, you know, it's like, it's over for her. She's stuck and there's no more canal and there's no more plan and there's no more man. Unless, (laughs) yeah, but unless, is the palindrome also the fact that Nucky, is he a palindrome? You know what I mean? The. Well, it was a lot of going back and forth, I think, a little bit on this episode. And by that, I I don't know exactly what I mean, but it's like you think you're moving forward, but you're really going backward. That's kind of how I felt. You know, you think you're going forward. Owen thinks he's leaving, but he's really going backward. He dies. Margaret thinks she's leaving. That's going backward. He's gone. She can't go. Nucky thinks they're going to take care of Masseria. He comes, you know, Owen doesn't. Go, you know, isn't able to go through with it. So Nucky's now back. It was a lot of like back momentum, and I just kind of picture this sailing on a Panama. You can go up and down and back and forth, and it just felt like this was, this was very up and then very backward. You know, it just gotcha. seemed like you got pushed back through the through the canal. You know, you were back from okay. where you started. All right, I'm gonna hope for hope for Mike August and Jason. Help Mike, everyone else help. to help me with please and our fans help me with palindromes. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it, it makes sense. But it just I, seemed I like the motion in the episode was very similar to a palindrome, where you're going forward but then you're going backward. <sighs> Let's talk about <laughs> Margaret and the Doctor before we get into Owen. So with the Doctor. They're having some flirtation, mm-hmm. and let's let's open our own clinic in the boardwalk. They're they're shut down, not before she doesn't get her birth control device for her and Mrs. Shearer. But he's like, why don't we open our own place? And my fiance is actually kind of like you, and you just see, he's getting hu- getting hung up on her because we can do great things together, right? And it's almost Margaret's now showing disinterest, and it's always like you want what you can't have, and it's interesting that the doctors now showing a little bit more perked up interest in Margaret because she always seemed to have a little more flirtatious eye to him. And now she was turning away from him. Like I, you know, I have Owen, I'm not interested in you. Right. And then the doctor seemed more interested in her this time. I was excited because I want her to be with her doctor. <laughs> I'm rooting for her to be with her doctor. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not going to happen, but I'm rooting for it. And 
I knew that Owen was going to get it. So I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. We're moving that along. Yeah, but, you know, she's now, you know, being pregnant. She's going to have to go to him for perhaps an abortion. Oh, my God. You're right. You're right. So. Good, good thinking. Okay, so the biggest, most crazy, the craziest part of the episode, well, other than the head, the sledgehammer to the head. I mean, it was a <laughs> nutty episode altogether, but Margaret and, and Owen, we see a piece of their conversation that they cut off, clever writing, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the episode, we see the rest of the conversation. Right. Um, and just like boardwalk writers, they don't do what you expect, which you think you're just going to replay that that scene. You think you're just going to reinstate, you know, she's having a flashback to him, and you're just going to see that but you know, it goes further. Mm-hmm. And now and I'm wondering. Reveal. I'm wondering. He 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 did say. She said, you know, we'll, we'll go to St. Louis. And I thought, like, I thought St. Louis is interesting because we know Budweiser's there. We know, you know, we. I'm wondering if there's a connection there. The fact that you know there's a lot of alcohol in that town, but we'll we'll live amongst the Indians. So probably was Indian country, you know, back then. And it was interesting. He said, or Owen said, well, at least give it a shot. And that's what made me feel like mm, that's not very committed. Well, it definitely didn't seem committed because we also saw Katie. And he was doing just as good of a job leading her on as he was doing with Margaret. So to me, as as tragic as Owen's death is, and as much as it seems like it was her ticket out, it might not have been the better ticket. No. The doctor would be the good ticket. But it doesn't seem like that was the better ticket. No. I, I think if she w- did go with Owen, I think, one, you have to worry about Nucky finding you. Um, you know, you're betra- he's betrayed by both his guard and You're not going to have money. You're not going to have money. It, Owen isn't an educated man. They're both in- immigrants. You, and you can't 100% trust him. No, you can't. So what happens, you know, in time where she gets a little older? And, and you go live amongst the Indians. That really, is, to me, symbolizes kind of wild... Chaos, wild. Right. Um, right. So, not a good thing. No. And interesting that with Teddy says, "How much longer are we going to be here?" And she says, "Not for much longer." Which we're we're thinking subtext is we're going to be on the road to St. Louis. I'm wondering if super subtext is the fact that Teddy gets killed in the crossfire Mm. when Jip comes to rain on holy hell Mm. on the Ritz Carlton. I do have to say, I really like what Mike August thinks about Teddy uh, perhaps taking out Jip. Because, I mean, imagine seeing, you know, Jip is such a boy in a lot of ways. You know, he has horrible decision-making, very angsty. So to be killed by another boy. To be killed by another boy would be the ultimate um, way to make him small again. To just demand him in every way. So I think that would be cool. But Teddy is also someone who seems like he would perhaps think he was capable of getting involved and then he could get hurt or taken out right because you know we've seen him with the knife he keeps under his pillow right you're right so he could be the one i just it just uh, anyway either yeah. either way it would be cool um we'll talk more i know we, we jump to predictions a lot it will we'll get to predictions at the end of the show um it was horrifying to see that box open up and see owen's face yeah yeah. Right? It was That was really horrifying and sad. And I love that they didn't show us anything. Always, They didn't show us the actual death. Of the th- it was great was just writing just to reveal the box. Yeah. And we know it was because of Meyer and Lucky. 
so they get, they tipped off Masseria. Right. He had his guard up, and sure enough. Yeah. I thought for a brief second it was going to be the guy's head from Jip. That just was my first instinct because it was that scene had just been mm-hmm. right before this, mm-hmm. so it was just an instinct. And it seems like Jip would send a direct message. Right, because Jip's that screwed up. I didn't know Masseria was that sadistic. So that's interesting and really shows how extreme I don't see, see. I don't see that as sadistic. That's business. That's like, okay, he says what you sent someone to kill me. Yeah. Now I'm s- sending it right to your doorstep in your family. I know, but it seems... To send you a message. It seems like if they just sent a piece of his body, like a finger or Well, that might be more sadistic. That though. doesn't seem as sadistic to me. It seems like a little bit of a warning, like, oh, look at this. But when you send a man's entire body... I don't think it's you- sadistic. I think, but, I, but to your point, I don't think it's as smart. Yeah. The smart play might have just been a body part or who, nothing who at that? all. Nothing at all, and like lay let let your enemies think what they will. So maybe now you've basically given, given him a warning, away. right? You, like Nucky's gotten a, a big giant red flag. Like I've got to arm up my army. Right, but Nucky has to know though that someone tipped him off, and that I'm sure he's got, you know Nucky. And it has to be. He'll get into that, but right up. now, first order business is going to be protect. Protect my life, protect my family's life, protect my business. He's not going to go there yet. Right. That'll be in the aftermath. But the fact that this guy sent the body shows how in Italians we say Gavone, what a Gavone is, because he shouldn't have done anything. Just kill him, you know, throw his body out to sea, leave it alone, because you could play it off that, you know, Messeria didn't know who was trying to kill him. Someone was trying to kill him. By the way, he's a wanted man. There's a lot of people who want to kill him. And so some random guy comes, you kill him, you throw his body away. But now you're telling Nucky, I know it's you. It's okay. So you're being There's a no tough guy. There's no poker face in that. Right. So you're being like, it's, it feels good in the moment. It's emotional. Ah, I'll scare you. I'll spook you and your wife and kids. But basically now Nucky's like, okay, it's it's on. We, we, you're officially declaring war. I get chills. All be- I know. <laughs> All bets are off. Yeah. Um, but it was very sad. And, and it was great to see Buscemi, Nucky, at first being like you know okay go back in the room but when he sees margaret react like that you see great acting right on abushemi's face it's like oh my god he they, knows they were involved right and i don't think you know margaret was his in hysterics i thought she did a great job by the way i thought her, her that scene of her because we always see her so stoic that that breaking well she was clearly down. Crying over someone she loved. It wasn't just right. But as a woman, coming from a woman, when you when you do something like that, even though it's completely wrong, you know, you were cheating on your husband. When you do something like that, you almost want to get sympathy from Nucky. You know, um, in a sense, like you almost would want him Maybe. to understand. Except one thing, he cheated too, and there was a there was already a, a, a severing. Right. If he hadn't cheated, I think she would have behaved the way you're saying. Yeah. I just don't see it bringing them, you know, he's not going to go, oh, I'm, my heart goes out to you that you lost your lover. He, I don't think he's going to um, soften like that. You know what? It was interesting that he was knocking on the door. Margaret, yeah. Margaret, he wanted to talk to her. Yeah. He has been the guy that's been the bigger man. We've seen it. We saw it with Billy that said, okay, you did something. I did something. Now someone's going to try and kill us. we got to pull together. Field, right. So I, that's why I love him. That's why I love him. He's not like that, you know. He's not. It's funny. I feel like Rothstein's on one lo- a, a one end of pure business and no emotion. Jip and Masseria are just raging emotion. 
and and then you know Nucky's kind of in the middle and that's why I, li- I like him yeah. his character yeah. the best uh let's go to and assuming you don't have news do you I just have a little news alright so let's go to some news after Buzz TV News you know we were talking about Steve Buscemi before we yes. we started coming up yes we were um and uh, we, next week we want to talk a little bit more about Steve's response to the show and to the storyline and all that. But this is um, yeah, I'd like to hear. I was saying to you, you know, during during our viewing, I was saying I want to hear more from Buscemi and Van Patten. I want to hear more from these guys and Terrence. I, I, I want to hear more of their take on the show. Whereas it seems like you know, Vince Gilligan and Brian Cranston—they're so present for the audience. They're so along for the ride. I'm not hearing much from these guys, so let's do some research and let's yeah. let's find out because I want to hear more what they're saying. About In this. a way, it does give them a little bit more of a mystique. It though. does. It's it like does. The cool guy who doesn't does. always show up to the party. You know, Tom Cruise—it's uh, one of the reasons why he doesn't like behind-the-scenes footage of his movies. Uh, Vin Diesel's like that too. He likes—they—they they want to keep the mystery alive because they think that you'll want it more you'll want to see more of it right right well Steve Buscemi is um, it just came out that uh, he is going to be with his production company called Olive Production Company and they'll be filming a documentary about um, Hurricane Sandy aftermath wow Um, and they'll be he's from that area yeah and they'll be in Breezy Point uh, in Queens you know it'll be amazing I love I've seen the stuff he's directed he's great yeah he's he's a great artist you know and him and um Oh my God! Who's the other one? John Turturro, the two actors that I'm. I hope I get to work with one day. Really love their oh, work. Yeah. Love what they do. Yeah, just smart, mm-hmm. smart artists. Um, and uh, Stanley Tucci actually love co-owns the uh, co-owns the document or do the production company with Buscemi. So it'll be the two of them yeah, together. So it'll like be a, really good. Another like gem of an actor. Oh yeah. Um, I'd love to see him in a role in this. Tucci, a hundred percent. He would look. You know, it'd you know, be amazing. Just fit in right. No, he'd crush it. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Nope, that's it. That's it. Okay, so let's go to some catches of the week. And I know I mentioned earlier about uh, Michelle in New York, but she had said about last week, for about last week's episode, it was just destroy the future hour on Boardwalk tonight, wasn't it? Eek, Tommy, Teddy, and Emily all suffered terrible mental scarring. Margaret, Margaret and Owen made a plan to be happy, which, alas, is certain to lead to anything but. And Nucky spends the episode living in the past, ultimately left, left with nothing but the mangled remains of the future. And then Rossetti with his asinine ancient hat. He and Masseria <laughs> are relics. Well, Masseria is a relic. Rossetti might just be playing backwards. But somehow those rickety old boats of theirs have more power than all of Nucky's cars and all of Nucky's men who can't seem to put themselves back together again. I, I don't that. know, guys. It's not looking good for our antiheroes. Michelle in New York. P.S. Today when else's heart melted to goo when it turned out that Richard could dance and of course we talked about that and yeah. I, by the way great really really that's Michelle in New York one of our smart fans and we love it so please Michelle keep bailing us out yeah I, send us I really like seeing that stuff, email right okay so then let's go to uh, Mike Ox catches the week and I was actually sometimes you know I, I try to censor this stuff because I'm like okay maybe that's a stretch or whatever <laughs> and I know and you know but a lot of these are on the money so bear with me and there's quite a few of them Hello, Kevin. Here are some catches for the Milkmaid's Lot. Birthdays are a celebration of life, and that's why Emily's party is so important to Nucky in the wake of Kent's death. Annie mistakenly calls Emily Hummingbird during her celebration. Mm -hmm. No, that's a tie back to the Hummingbird earrings. And the show spared no expense in using the real Happy Birthday song and not a generic version. So, yeah, because, you know, the Happy Birthday song, (laughs) believe it or not, you have to pay money to use it. It's crazy. Yeah. 
I thought Michael Jackson or McCartney owned it. One of them at one point owned it. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. The horse on the top of the cake symbolizes that war is coming to Nucky's home. The horse to be ridden by General Rossetti. Will poor Emily be killed in the conflict? And then later, Nucky says, Pony in a hotel, don't be ridiculous. Further hint that Jip is bringing the war to the Ritz-Carlton. And we know that Jip believes in things personal. And nothing is more personal than invading someone's home during war. I previously, as we talked about, his prediction of Teddy killing the gypsy man. The Ritz could be his Waterloo, as I said. Um, the show has been building up Teddy as having some of the devil in him. And we know, like, Jip is the devil as well. So it's, it's really interesting. And maybe that line of we won't be here for long is the war is going to come and we're going to end up going back home. Or it means maybe Emily is going to die. So I don't know. We'll see. Or maybe Teddy's going to die. I don't know. I just knew there was, well, there was more to this, even the subtext of her yeah. saying that. And Teddy has the devil in him. Jip has the devil in him. Those seem like the only two who could actually right. beef it out. Right. And I'd say I'd put my money on Teddy. Yeah. He's a little smarter. Not as insecure. A little more mature. Right. Nucky says, one day you wake up and realize what's been going on. Subtext that he is coming to the realization that Margaret is having an affair with Owen. He clearly did not like see- seeing her and Owen talking behind closed doors. Well, we know that what happens after tonight. I'm going to sneak in right there. Uh, tonight, when uh, Owen was leaving um, Mrs. Schroeder, Margaret, uh, we saw Doyle come in to get right. him. And he didn't seem to hide anything in front of Doyle because I don't think he thought Doyle w- was Would smart know. enough to know. Right. Anyway. Nucky says, I'll be alone, and that's as good as dead. On the surface, he is talking about getting assistance in war with Rossetti, but underneath, he is really talking about his marriage to Margaret, and he acknowledges her as his wife in this scene. I also think he's just talking in general. When you're, you're you know, he, he probably will be. It's it's Pacino in, God, uh, in Godfather 3. He ends up winning. He defeats all the enemies, and he just dies a, an old man, uh, but he's alone. Alone. During Nucky's I am going to win speech, I believe Rothstein sees Nucky more as a politician rather than a gangster. Mentioning his connections in Washington likely rubbed them the wrong way as well. I like Nucky saying Arnold several times when Rothstein and the other gangsters left. That made me think of Benedict Arnold, and Nucky sees Rothstein as a traitor in the same regard. It's kind of interesting. If that is the case, it would make sense because we had, you know, with the, with the general, uh, General Anthony, Matt General, and whatever his name was. Yeah, Anthony you know, Wayne. Yeah. And you know, was thinking about Anthony Wayne. Is you touch upon the fact who had an Italian name exactly. Anthony back then right. in the Revolutionary War? You right. know, on the, on right. the American side. Right. So it's very interesting. Uh, okay, Masteria says to Jip, "Maybe one day you'll be you'll make a good general." But Jip puts on the general's hat now, symbolic of him moving too fast, and that will be his downfall. When he put on that hat, I was thinking, all that is missing is his horse. And goes with what I said about appearances being so important to Jip. And also, they did talk about moving too fast. Yeah. You know, Masseria yeah. did. So it's interesting. He yeah. did. It's a great pickup. He, that hat went on way too fast. Now the rhino's horn can be viewed as a phallic symbol. You know, talking about the sketch with the rhino. It's the rhino waiting for a train. And I said, God, it's going to mean something. Yeah. Now the rhino's horn can be viewed as a phallic symbol, perhaps a sign that Tommy needs to be taken away from the brothel, and he happens to sketch a train station as well to back up that thought. The show mentioned Harrow's home being in Wisconsin, and Tommy did ask about that. So perhaps Harrow is going to take Tommy and Julia to Wisconsin at some point in the future. The birdcage, and this is a great one, the birdcage in Remus home represents him going to prison, and perhaps even symbolic of him singing like a canary to the feds, which you know yeah, he, that's he, great. he will. Yeah, Nucky asks for water twice in the episode when talking about Jip. 
That made me think of the old saying, they don't deserve ice water in hell and Jip being viewed as the devil figure. The episode opened with the aftermath of Babette's explosion and closed with the carnage that is to come as Jip dons the general's hat. I love the brilliant ways in which the show mirrors scenes. When Nucky was going over... Sorry. When Nucky was going over his diagnosis with his doctor, I was thinking revenge is the best medicine. Margaret does not see the hotel as home and views it as a temporary residence. That it as a temporary residence that it is. And little do we know she's right, but she's right for the wrong reasons. I can see Nucky strangling Jillian as revenge for her involvement in the supper club bombing that killed Billy Kent. Nucky buries her in the same place they buried Jimmy, hence mother and son reunited. Maybe Luciano will turn Gillian's Artemis Club into an opium den as he's involved with the Chinese through the heroin trade. Mm. Really interesting, right? Yeah. And those are my, well, those are Mike August and uh, Michelle from New York's catches of the week. And Chalky said this week. isn't China either. Is that what he said? Or this isn't This isn't Japan. Japan. But you're right. But that right. would be a, t- a you know a, 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 a little nod yeah. to that. And I yeah. think China, for him to say China would be too on the nose. Right. So right. it's nice to be an Asian culture, but yeah, Japan yeah. again. Great writing, amazing, amazing writing. I am tired, but we have to go into predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. Well, I kind of already uh, shouted out my uh, prediction of Margaret with the abortion. Okay, that, but that's a long-standing prediction. Let's base yeah. it on what we saw tonight. I can't at the even end of remember the show. at this point. This we saw... It, <laughs> no, I literally Two episodes left, now. mind you. Right. So, so I think that... Um, I don't think they're going to be leaving a lot to the, la- like the, the last episode. It could be the, this last next episode. Last season and the last two episodes were really intense. It may be. So. I'm sure it's going to be intense, but I think some loose ends will get tied up next week. Some, yeah. not all. But we see Chalky, and it seems like the very deal that I... I predicted when we were watching the show is going to come to fruition where he needs Chalky's help. Chalky, you know, we saw Chalky with his men standing up against Jip and his men. I, think, I hope... Right. I hope Jip can't this coerce is, him into... I, this is why you're going to love Chalky. I mean, Chalky's a this badass. This is why you're going to love... He's not only a badass, but like everyone else who's like, oh, Jip has a better deal? Great, I'll take it. He's going to be the one that's going that's F you. No. no, you're an animal. You don't belong in my town. I don't right. do business with you. Right. Watch. He'll be the one right. to say, F you. You're just a big bully and I don't like you. Right. And, and, and you're the same guy who would sling us up by, on trees. Yeah. Where Nucky wouldn't. Right. F you. Right. So it'll be interesting. I think that's going to come uh, to, to play. Uh, Mike, I, th- I think the war is going to come to the Ritz-Carlton. They're coming. You know, they're going to knock on his door well uh, Nucky said as soon as our our home or like as soon as the repairs are done we'll go home and I think there might it might be in Nucky's home just if they finish repairing it they're back there just to just to hurt their home you know I don't know I I think okay here's the long lead prediction does Jip get it in these next two episodes or do we have him next season Uh, I think I think he uh, I think he gets it he gets it I think he gets it I agree I agree okay so we know you can, uh, we can find, Marissa, where do we find you? I am at Marissa Movies. At Marissa Movies. Yes. yes. She's on the board, and of course. And I'm at, uh, I'm at the bar, but I'm at uh, twitter.com slash Kristen Carney. 
Twitter.com. I always say the beginning because I can't just say at Kristen Carney. Yeah, you're absolutely at Kristen with a K, Carney with a C. Yeah. At Kristen Carney. Kristen with an E. Ending with a Y. Ending with a Y. Right? That's why I usually just spell it out because then I'll get tongue-tied. And hopefully it's at Mike August or is it at Michael August? No, I'm pretty sure it's at... um, We're going to find out. We'll find out. And then uh, I know what Jason's is. What is Jason's? What's Jason's, Marissa? Do you know? I think oh, if yeah. you just Google the person's name, you can find out. Well, he's Jason. Squim- he's Jason Squimata. Go to his blog. You can comment there. And uh, I don't know. I think next week we're back to full power. I think Bethany's done with this. Like I'm an actress on the Homeland business. Yeah. She comes back and does a real job at AfterBuzz. Forget acting in Homeland. Yeah. And I think we get Ebony back. And Ebony's gonna be so excited because she's been begging for Chucky. Yeah, she has. So you're gonna get a, a, yeah, a lot of okay. Chucky. I want to throw this, la- this last thing in my boyfriend you met this weekend. Yeah, nice guy. Uh, he just sent me a text. Owen deserved it. Oh, he's not a fan of the cheating. Oh wow. Yeah, so. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know about <laughs> he's that. He's like hint, hint. Kristen. I just don't mind it. Yeah, hint, hint. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So. Be, be a nice girl. Yeah. Okay. Don't be a cheat like Marissa, <laughs> or a Coco like Marissa. What? From <laughs> Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.